Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Oh. All right. Live from the gleaming, state-of-the-art, streamlined studios of OutlawRadioLive.com. Broadcasting from our secret bunker somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Following program is produced by Magic Matt Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network. This goes from here to there. Well, it's nice for it to go somewhere. Yeah, well, it's going somewhere real fast, I'll tell you that. You know the shortest distance between two points is a straight line? It is. It doesn't matter how long that line is, it's still the shortest distance. Ah, but it's not necessarily the fastest. You're right. And now, on with the show. <laughs> That's Mark C.G. Boyer, our fact checker. Uh-huh. I think our co-host is in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, I, Burrow, I keep track gonna, of him. He's not going to be our co-host. You know. He's busy. He's working. He's a little hard-working man. <clears throat> uh-huh. He's going to be hard-working on our new book <laughs> real soon, too. You'll buy it. You'll believe it. You'll love it. Uh, stealing Manhattan? No, no, it's uh, one about the Russian mobsters uh, framing a kid for murder here in Los Angeles. Exciting stuff. Anyway, um, there's a big mystery in the true crime world, and that is, how does uh, Alan Warren manage to crank out a new book about every two and a half weeks? Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. <laughs> how could that? <laughs> I mean, how many times has Alan been on the show in the past couple months, right? Uh... I found three from late last year. Yeah. yeah. Now, either he writes constantly, or it just happens to be a publishing scheduling thing. We'll find out. Alan, how does that work? Why do you have a new book out every other week? I don't have that many out. Don't be silly. I. Um, it seems no, like it. I, I no, no. It's just that I had all those uh, short reads, all these small... Uh, small books, like all the the four serial killers in Britain and the four in Canada were just short reads. They were 20,000 words. They were part of the series, so um, they're not like real books. No, make-believe books. <laughs> Fantasy yeah, books. They were good books, no, though. They're actually, no, but they weren't any harder than um, when I write for papers or something or, or, or for a magazine. It's, it's like the same thing, really. Right. I understand. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like so the one I only got uh, wrote the article about the four. transvestite cannibal serial killer uh, whose father invented flame retardant uh, carpets and uh, saran wrap, oh. cling cling wrap. Yeah, <laughs> and then he criticized yeah. his son for being a retarded uh, clinging, which <laughs> didn't make any sense to me, but he did. No. I uh, thought that was just uh, your co-host. <laughs> no. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I pay a pretty penny to sit in this chair. Yeah, you're the only... <laughs> I have to buy Burl a soda and a chicken breast every week. That's right. Ooh. He thinks I'm a breast man just because of that. Uh, Moving yeah. right along, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, this is a perfect time to remind you that if you're listening to this program on uh, iTunes, go to the part where you get to rate the show. 
Uh, three people rated the show back in 2018 and gave it one star <laughs> because Howard was eating his lunch <laughs> next to the microphone. Well, that's that's. And they got so disgusted with the mouth noises. They said, "God, this show! I, I couldn't listen to it. The guy was eating his lunch." <laughs> Then, the other person was listening to David Mark C.G. Boyer had a coughing fit. Uh-huh. Yeah. God, don't they have a cough button at Outlaw Radio? No. <laughs> and then he said, guy says, Burl Bear was the title of the of his critique, one star. Burl Bear is so obnoxious. <laughs> he is over the top. The interviews are great. If he just turned it down about ten notches. He'd be tolerable. It's even the same when he's on other people's shows. You're right, <laughs> but that's who I am. <laughs> Love him or leave him, he's obnoxious, but he's the host of the show. So that's your problem. Right. So, <laughs> Alan, what's the what's our latest tome we're discussing today? The Devil's uh, Underwear. What's it called? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Doomsday. The Devil Cult. Has Underwear, yes. and you better sniff him. That's yeah. right. Uh, Doomsday Cults. The Devil's. Uh, Devil's Disciples? The yeah. Devil's Disciples. Well, the Devil's Hostages. I, I wanted to call it um, uh, Jesus, the original Charles Manson, but the publisher <laughs> didn't allow it. didn't allow that. No, that kind of so, that kind of pisses well, people off. Right? Assu assuming he existed and uh, per legend, things happened the way they did. Uh, he was not uh, a murderous cultist. It's the humans that followed. Yes, especially after the 300s. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's just like, yeah, right, exactly. But, you know, he was the original, but the publisher wouldn't let me get away with it, so they named it The Devil's Hostages, which, you know... I which, again, it. plays into the whole superstition nonsense stuff. Uh, yeah. I have mixed feelings about the book, uh, so I'll tell you that right off the bat. The, uh, the, the parts we're going to get into, which is about these various bizarre doomsday calls like Jim Jones and... Uh, Branch Davidians in the uh, Branch Water <laughs> Saloon, whatever the hell they are. <laughs> that stuff was great. The intro, I wanted to throttle you. <laughs> but that's only because yeah. I've, I've spent about 50 years of my 72 years. See, I am an old codger. You are an alta cocker. Wow. And I'm an alta wow, cocker. Uh, researching the topic. And so I'm a. As uh, one, someone once said on the radio, Burl Bear is an encyclopedia falling down a flight of stairs. <laughs> well, I'm not sure the show is just another cult. Yeah, it is, the people who are adamant fans of this show, they're nuts. But that's yeah, kind of like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Dan? Yeah, him. Dan Spansky. No, Dan, Dan Zupanski is <laughs> not a cult leader. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, it could be. There could be a, a Dan Zupanski cult. Well, he could put, he could put anyone to sleep with his monotone delivery. <laughs> Don't pick on oh, Dan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 that's why he has such a following, is they're hypnotized. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They follow. Yeah. You will now... Pledge your allegiance to Dan Zupanski. <laughs> I do. So you you've been writing uh, about um, the evil that men do. What led you to this branch of the evil that men do? Well, actually, this this well, what led me is because um, of interviews over the last ten years with different cult survivors and uh, people involved in the cults, 
And um, this has been going, uh, I actually have quite a few cult stories and, and parts. Um, I just picked a few of them to put into this as doomsday because I think what they had in common um, was the uh, apocalypse coming, and um, this was their way of dealing with it. So I don't know. Yeah, by, by having um, their their uh, participants kill each other or kill themselves. Well, yeah. Or kill others. See, we told you it was the end of the world. I mean, you go back to 1800s, 1844, 1843 with the uh, uh, millennial zeal of the great expectation with the Millerites and all that. I mean, the Millerites went to Mount Carmel in Pennsylvania wearing ascension robes to be wafted to heaven because they thought that was, you know, the end of the world. They had the date and everything. And when it didn't happen, oh, Miller was very depressed. And they tried to cheer him up by saying, hey, Reverend, you know, cool. You know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. <laughs> that just made him more depressed. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I found it quite... Um quite interesting to find a lot of people that belong to these different groups that still believe even after their leader is is dead and and tr trying to pinpoint the moment that they no longer need it to follow the leader but they still follow what they were taught by that person i found that to be really intriguing and i don't know um, I don't know what that is or where that where that happens in a person's mind. Um, that makes um, sense, though. I mean, that's very mature. Um, what right. it is is the uh, I ascribe to the sheep and wolf analogy wolf. <laughs> to, hum to humanity. It's this is a very old concept, Earl. It's not new. Oh, yeah. um, that the world is full of sheep and there are a handful of wolves, and most people want to belong want to feel like they belong, want to believe in something. And if something comes along and their, that, uh, their belonging is reinforced, they become... And does not require critical thinking. Well, uh, they're sheep. Sheep don't have critical thinking. You know, they eat the grass, and uh, occasionally they run away from the <laughs> sheep herders after them, uh, and, the, and the eventual wolf that comes and chows down. So uh, even though the even though the leader is gone, the requirement to be uh, involved and participate is still there. Well, that's see, that's very mature. It's that it's not the leader that your allegiance is, but to the the concepts or the uh, the moral code right. or I whatever. Mean, and you know, you you look yeah. at you look at Mormonism and its uh, extraterrestrial uh, uh, trappings, and you know, it's their people. You know, an entire state follows it. Well, not the entire state, but the, the state's well stated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's always there's always going to be someone who says they have more knowledge and or they're in a better position or they've been personally selected by whatever uh, deity. They, you also get infighting. I don't know if uh, you get into the Jehovah's Witnesses. They didn't. They were kind of what. Uh, they thought the world was going to end, what, 72 or something. They lost, like, 75% of their membership. But the guy who was really smart in that little fracas was a guy they called Judge Rutherford, who wasn't really a judge. He was an attorney. And he kind of took over the thing after uh, uh, Pastor Russell, who wasn't a pastor, but uh, Charles said, <laughs> Russell, when he passed away. There was an infighting. There were arguments. And the big argument was, now listen to this. Brace yourself, folks. They walk up to... Uh, Judge Rutherford, they say, Judge, we got an important question. 
the uh, <laughs> the Russellites say that God's faithful and discreet servant is Charles Tasey Russell, founder of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Wallkill, New York. But Russell himself said the faithful and discreet servant of the Lord was Napoleon. Which is it? Well, given your choice between those two, <laughs> flip a coin. The judge, Judge Rutherford, thought very quickly. He said, neither, neither, neither. And he said, what, well, what is it? He said, it's the publishing company itself, the organization itself. Oh, well, that settles that. Yeah. And they all lived happily ever after. Well, but this, this, this kind of uh, infighting is, you know, historically norm. I mean, Martin Luther. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Christianity is the only world religion that I know of that has crowdsourced theology where you get to vote on what you believe in, at least in the first 300 years. They have these councils, you know. I, I, on the I, cataclysm. I, yeah, I, I suggest we now believe that Jesus came out of uh, Mary's nose, which the church taught for a while. And well, that makes sense. All in favor, say aye. <laughs> and they'll teach that for a while and then they'll re-vote. Very unusual. But that show business. <laughs> Matt's shaking his head. You didn't know that, Matt? We vote. <laughs> we vote. We voted on it. It's got to be true. <laughs> the crowdsourced theology. I've always been a big fan of that. Well, what in your research on, uh, let's see, I've got your table of contents. I, I have the book, but the book's at home and I'm not, which seems I probably should do the show from home. <laughs> I'm, I'm from that. Yeah, our producer's all in favor of that. Uh, Jim Jones. I got to tell you. How's he doing? He's, he's dead now and plans on being dead for some time in the future. Uh, my first exposure to Jim Jones is... <laughs> I was in Bellevue, Washington, minding my own business. <laughs> and on the way home oh. from uh, uh, Bear Goldblatt and Associates, I'd listen to the Jim Jones radio program. On the, some crackpot religious station, he bought, you know, 15 minutes of time, and he'd give a sermon. He's given this great sermon. And then I realized it sounds familiar. And the more I listen, I figure out what it is. He's reading a chapter from the book, Some Answered Questions by Abdul Baha of the Baha'i Faith. Oh. And I said, well, no wonder it sounds so good. <laughs> so he stole it? Yeah. He's a regular Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, take it. So yeah, uh, I call him up on the phone. I said, hi, can I talk to uh, uh, this uh, Jones uh, character for Mr. Plagiarism? Is he there? Is he in? And he goes, no, I'm sorry. He's gone to Guyana. If you'd like to uh, go down and visit him with some senators, uh, you may come back alive. I said, no, thanks. I'll stay here in Bellevue, where's that, Mercer Island, yeah. That's where, that's where, it's kind of the Jewish ghetto up there, but Seattle, they made us all live there for a while. But that was my Jim Jones experience. Other people had more deadly experiences. They literally drank yeah, the Kool-Aid. It wasn't yeah. just an expression for them. It was flavor-aid. Was it really? They couldn't afford the name brand in Guyana? They, they couldn't get the real thing. Oh. They could have just had Lickamade out of the little packets that didn't even bother to put any water in it. Just... Yeah, you know, cheap stuff. Did they ever figure out who shot him? Oh, I think he shot himself. Boy. But, you know, who knows? No, nobody, apparently. Maybe, maybe, and he's not telling. Harvey Melt. <laughs> But you know, he started off doing some cool stuff, you know, originally. Well, they all did. 
every every one of these groups um, started with some sort of philosophy and some sort of training, you know, like the Shinrikyo and all that, you know, uh, um, meditation and yoga and Jim Jones with his, uh, you know, all minorities and mm-hmm. and uh, gays. Everybody, come on in. You're all welcome. You're part of the church. You and know, they all the sort health of had food, a, uh, the health food, living a healthy life group. Did they let a healthy yeah. life till they poison themselves? Well, yeah, but, but there's an exception to everything. Yeah. yeah, well, they all start out with uh, the the nice intention. That that's how the people get involved. They they start going to these, uh, you know, whatever class or thing that they're they're, they're getting, and uh, it makes them feel good, and it attracts even more people. Well, it um, seems that's like how it starts. Uh, with Jim Jones, he went to see Father Divine, who was this black fake messiah guy in New York. Had the women called his rosebuds, who he poked regularly. And Jim, Jim Jones goes to him and says, uh, Father Divine, I got some questions here. You know, I really need some. Uh, I got financial problems. I'm not getting enough money. And Father Divine says, Ask, and you shall receive. Ask it. You know, put the emphasis there. Oh, okay. Because the other question is, I have both men and women in my congregation who come on to me sexually. And I'm really tempted to, you know, fulfill, you know, do that with both the men and the women. What's your advice? And Father Divine said, you must meet the needs of your congregation. And he said, Father, you've opened a whole new world to me. (laughs) I think really maybe the real turning point, maybe you can validate this or not validate it, I don't know, is that when he decided that if he didn't have to sleep, he could get a lot more done. So he started shooting speed. And from there, little problem of yeah. maintaining his rationality. Yeah, big downfall for a lot of them, you know, and because they become so paranoid too, right? Oh, yeah. And when those senators or congressmen or whatever it was came to check him out in Guyana, I mean, he thought, oh boy, this is bad news. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad, bad timing, you know, and people started uh, complaining to the senator and uh, our congressman, Leo, I guess he was congressman, and uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, didn't they try to bump him off, too? I can't remember. They, they killed him, yeah. Well, that's, that's more than trying. Yeah, they did a they did a job. I think he was, he got shot twenty two times or something Ow. on the runway. <sighs> so, yeah, he was he was uh, he was killed. One of uh, one of his aides uh, was shot many times, survived, and is still in Congress. Yeah, she actually took his seat in San Mateo, but um, yeah. it was a plot. It was a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she set it all up. <laughs> now someone's going to quote me on that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she had it all planned out. And, yeah, in uh, advance, years in advance. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. She knew exactly what she was doing there. Yeah, right. We're being sarcastic, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So that well, the, you know the stories that you talk about in the book all kind of have a theme, where eventually um, harm to others is required or harm to themselves. Um, was that a deliberate choice? Yeah, I think I, 
Well, I think they all fell into the same thing. You know, they're open arms, willing, loving, and have some sort of uh, message. And um, once people give up everything, their house, their home, their their family ties, their money, and they get into the actual uh, cult, and then, then the discipline comes where, where they start getting told how to live and what to do, and they start getting punished for being outside of that. And um, that was, I just, they all have the same theme to it. And, and it's all ending in the, in the same way as well. It's very unpleasant. Uh, what is this? I don't know how you pronounce it. The uh, Supreme Truth, the Aum. I don't have my glasses on. So I guess it's yeah. Shimrekabakabaka who? Oh, shim- Yeah, the uh, Shimrekabakabaka Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wham, bam, alama. <laughs> well, you see, that was the same thing. You know, in Japan, he had, uh, he was, uh, you know, giving uh, meditation and yoga classes, and he was getting people to join, and eventually it, it turned into this, uh, you know, he, he had the thought that the end of the world was coming, that uh, the U.S. was going to attack. And, um, so he started practicing um, with sarin gas and other chemical agents to, uh, and uh, that led to the Tokyo, uh, you know, the, where they put the gas in, the, in four of the carts, I think four, yeah, and um, tried to kill a lot of people. And, and well, uh, what was the, the warm, loving, humanistic uh, motivation behind that? Well, you see, there isn't, but the, but how he got people involved was his teaching his yoga and meditation. But and, yoga and uh, meditation don't have as as intricate aspects killing people. Well, wasn't he well, a xenoph- yeah, xenophobic? You know, he st- well, he, well, he started giving um, um, more spiritual, like uh, things he took from Buddha, things he took from uh, different spiritual sort of religions uh, to get people involved. And um, the, 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 the real, true, faithful people stayed with him as he changed, as he started getting into, uh, you know, the apocalypse is coming and we have to do something, you know, and, and the, the immediateness of, 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 of having them respond. That um, reminds me of uh, the Iraq War. Right? I heard people be all so excited. Oh, boy, this is great. This will trigger the Armageddon, the end of the world, and Jesus will fly out of the sky. So, are you going to see a two thousand year old Jew fly out of the sky? <laughs> you can spot him. Let me know. Yeah, give us a call. Get it on your phone. It's a bird. It's yeah. a plane. It's an altacocker. <laughs> it's an altacocker. Uh, uh, Billy Graham said, "Oh, you'll see it on television." Saw the yeah. war on television. Yeah, but I mean, even even Manson followed the same thing, right? He had. Uh, uh, the race war was going to happen, and he wanted to ignite it. Um, yeah. The sooner we bring it, the sooner it'll be over. Yeah. And um, it's kind of with all of these. It turns into that. Boy, would you... I can imagine the temptation of someone who believes that stuff. Say, I want to be known as the guy who controlled Jesus <laughs> by forcing him to fly out of the sky whether he wanted to or not. That's how powerful I am. Wow. Yeah. Something else I noticed uh, from your list is that they all have a charismatic leader. All of them. Yeah. 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 And Boy, I could have been one of those cult leaders, Matt, couldn't I? Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, I, yet, I yet. thought you were. 
I'm charismatic. I can't lead yeah. with crap, but I'm charismatic. Well, get on that. So yeah, get people that. involved. Yeah. Follow me. I have no right. idea where I'm going. <laughs> get it going. So then you had the Order of the Solar Temple. What did they do for fun? Well, again, very similar. Um, uh, uh, they were into uh, the homeopath and natural life and eating organic and going around preaching that to people and 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 um, in quite a few countries they were pretty involved but um, uh, their death had to be a fiery death in order to, for you to move on to the next uh, level as you would say you had to die in this ritual and you had to die by fire so um, they were finding them at, in circles around some sort of a you know a center plat and and they would all have to die by fire and if they didn't they shot them and then burned them. oh well that that makes perfect sense to me how do we sign up uh, <laughs> there's a form Boy, if i would have heard about this 20 years ago <laughs> there's a form on the internet bro yeah well it's a people yeah. how many people signed up on this one? Oh, you know quite a few Quite a few, and it depends on which one, because there was mass suicides in Switzerland and Canada, Australia. Well, that makes sense, but I mean, what, what does that have to do with this religion? <laughs> Iceland, I understand. You know, if they had a lot of people kill themselves in Iceland, where the, you know, the national national dance is at the world's slowest tango. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Uh, they couldn't find enough drugs. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's and, the problem in Iceland, not enough drugs. You may quote me on that. The other thing is, too, all of these people, all of these cults still exist to some extent right now today and still have followers and still have people believing that their leader is coming back. Well, yeah. Well, you know, that seems to be a common thing amongst religions. It, it does. Uh, it does. And um, so, you know, in Heaven's Gate, which was even the next one, that was the same thing. They were that was a good movie, though. No, it was. Oh, excellent. <laughs> but they were going to get on that ship, you know, behind the, the comet and um, move on to the next life, but they had to kill themselves here. Of course. And, um, it's the same thing. But, you know, people that survived these, and even when we got into Branch Davidians, you know, the Koresh, they think he's coming back. He's going to return and save, their, save the people. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, uh, as the old expression goes, I wouldn't hold your breath or anyone else's. <laughs> no. So but then again, I mean, as I think you were talking on Dan Zapansky's program, which oh, we, we, we were listening to, uh, you were talking about oh. the, uh, how everything is connected. Because when uh, went in there and started nuking these people, the, our wise federal government decides to attack. Uh, and had repercussions. Yeah, branch division. Yeah, well, they, well, they, you know, they they handled that really kind of not very well. <laughs> you know, Janet Reno and the whole thing didn't turn out too well, and and a lot of it is, uh, you know, from Ruby Ridge to Branch Davidians and Waco to right to the Oklahoma bombing, they all sort of are responses to each other. Um, and and there's you know it's it, it what can I say I think politics has become the new religion it's it's kind of the same thing in in a sense people practice it like they do practice religion so 
um, a lot of a lot of uh, fallout there. Yeah, nuclear. <laughs> Afraid to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, there's so. a big controversy about the Manson family, whether that was a whole bunch of BS cooked up by uh, the prosecution because it's made for a great media story, or whether there was actually real in terms of uh, Manson wanting to start this race war and Elder Skelter and all that. And his books out that debunk that and say, no, <laughs> no, that that isn't something that they thought up. That's something that uh, Bugliosi thought up. Well, I kind of have mixed feelings, right? Uh, I, but, you know, people like uh, Snake, you know, and people that were in the cult that survived, um all tell of the same thing, you know, of, of his race riot, the, the black-white race war that's going to come and the helter-skelter thing. I think it's pretty believable. I think that probably it was on his mind or it was something he was using to promote his thing. And I think I think with Abugliosi, I think that's what he had to do. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, he, he skated at the edges, but he did what he had to to get the conviction. You know, he had to have that theme. He had to have that story. That. Uh, but how the hell could he have, anybody get a fair trial? There well, was so much. It wasn't about. Yeah, but it wasn't about that too, right? It wasn't about a fair trial. It was about just getting him put away, getting him. Um, uh, you know, that was what I, I think. That was the theme. Um, yeah, I, if I'm he wasn't already he nuts, he would be by the time they were done with him. Yeah, because I don't think Bugliosi did everything uh, on the up and up, and I think there was some things he did wrong. But in his mind, he was doing what he had to do. He he thought this was the only way, so he created the theme. But I think the, that that story was there. I think it's true. I think they he did believe, like Manson did believe, that um, there was going to be a race war. There was going to, you know... there. A lot of the other things, like his failed music attempt, and and, and there's a lot of things that affected him. Well, he kind of got screwed. I mean, there's two of his songs are on the Beach Boys uh, 2020 album, I think, or Friends and album. And they wrecked it. Huh? But they, they wrecked his, his songs. They I understand, but, they, you know, they tried to make a Beach Boy bop melody out of sort of something that was very, very dark. In Matins, like Cease to Exist was very a much darker song, and they tried to make it a. They have know, a psychedelic, uh, warm, lovey fuzzy. Yeah, and it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't produced correctly. Um, so, it, you know, he was, I think he was really upset. He was upset and hurt by it. Plus, he didn't and, get any uh, credit on it either. Right. And, and uh, that, that definitely led to a lot of the problems. Um, you know, but, but you know whether how much how much the black white uh, race war helter skelter drove Manson into having this these killings done, or was it about the music or a combination? I mean, uh, it's no coincidence that Terry Melcher was mm-hmm. was the resident there before, and there's a lot of things that um, we'll never know uh, what exactly it was. Right. <clears throat> now, neither will Charlie. Uh, no, I mean here's a guy who, who when they let him out of uh, up in Washington State, what's the name of that prison up there? <laughs> My mind is warped, but he didn't want to go. I mean he'd been institutionalized for so long, he didn't want to leave the prison. Let me stay here. It's the only thing I know. No, you got to go yeah, out there. Well. All three foot four of you. 
You know, <laughs> it's comfortable. They give you free meals. Yeah, plus <laughs> when you get out, you're just not prepared to deal with, you know, everything out there. Yeah. So let me ask yeah. the two of you, fine gentlemen, uh, what's the difference between a movement, a cult, and a religion? I don't think there is. Yeah, cult has taken on a negative connotation when actually it doesn't really have a negative connotation. Well, I like some of their songs, but... No, no, I don't mean the group, the cult. <laughs> yeah, the cult. Yeah. The, um, you know, I mean, come on, new new religion movements are just a polite way of, of, of addressing a group because you don't want to call them a cult. And generally, they haven't been proven as being a cult or something negative, so we call them religious movement. You know. Oh, but the enemies um, call them cults. I mean, I'm I'm a nice uh, Jewish Baha'i, and uh, there's a, a cult books that the uh, fundamentalist Christians put out. It's called uh, the Baha'i faith a cult, and it says well, all the horrible things that we do that are make us cult worthy. One of them is we're big supporters of the Care Bears, and uh, <laughs> the Care Bears, of course, introduce people to Baha'i concepts of there may be five different bears. And they may have different names, but in reality, they're all one because they all care. And that's bad. <laughs> so, well, you know, hell with do one to us. Yeah, yeah we got to stop that nonsense. So that's show business. Uh, so if, it's, if it comes down to that anyone who isn't you is a cult, you got a problem. <laughs> but if you see these trends or these certain ingredients that you pointed out in your book that all seem to, you know... Uh, stand out quite clearly that when they start saying you should all kill yourselves, that's a good indication you might want to reconsider your membership. Well, I think the red flags, you know, are the, to having to cut ties with everyone else you know yeah. that isn't a member, having to give up all your worldly possessions, and having to abdicate uh, any any decisions in your life to those in power. Uh, that just basically says you're stuck. And when you see those items as a list of things to belong, you pretty much it's a cult. And if you look at Catholicism or Judaism, um, Islam, uh, you can yeah. you can come and go, and no one's going to chase you down and smack you over the head. Um, but or, or, <laughs> or, you know, others others will. Now, is the reason you don't have Scientology on here is because they haven't uh, blown up the world yet, <laughs> or you just don't have a strong enough legal team? Yeah, it's a legal team. Actually, Scientology, just like Mormon, um, they would have their own book. Um, and and the thing is with those, um, they're not presenting themselves. They're not saying, well, the end of the world's here, and therefore we've got to do this. Um, that's one big difference. Um, so they do have weird ideas, but... Um, oh, yeah. There's no law against that. Well, you know, as long as no. you find your inner Satan, you're okay. Yeah, and, and so, but they do have a lot of the cult aspects about them, especially the cutting off of family and things like that. But um, it's just they weren't doomsday. They weren't, and and they're much more intricate, much more complicated. And they, you have to write a book on each one of them themselves because well, and, you know, and it's been done. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> plenty of Scientology books. Uh, and then you yeah. have an entire yeah, uh, TV yeah. series about uh, how much fun it is to be there with Leah Remy. 
Yeah, Leah Remini's kind of beaten it to death, and and, and there's tons out there, and I, I, I could never compete with stuff like that, and like I said, it's so complicated. I think the Mormons uh, would be a good one to cover um, because of so many different aspects, and it's so complicated, and it isn't really getting a lot of proper coverage. Well, you know, sometimes it's, you know. it isn't how things start, and that one started in a peculiar fashion. But it may be how it yeah. winds up. Uh, there's a lot of good virtues uh, taught uh, in the Mormon uh, faith, or movement, or whatever you want to call it. And the fact that right. some of the, the theology may be circling Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but research has shown that 85% of uh, people who become members of that particular faith do not do so because of anything having to do with theology. The teachings of right. the faith. That has nothing to do with it. They do it because of the social connection, the feeling of belonging, and for business connections. It yeah. sounds like uh, yeah. my uh, sister and brother-in-law switching to uh, a Christianity from Judaism. Well, they could get a better deal? No, because, well, they have, now they, have, they belong. Oh. They, there was no feeling yeah. of belonging in the Jewish religion. That's because they're strangers in a strange land. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they got a two for one. Got two a two for, for one, one special. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they get to right. usher yeah. and tithe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's it's kind of it, it's it's all it's all ridiculous and and um, yeah, and I'm not sure. I I don't know. You didn't like my beginning, but uh, I'm not sure what part of it. But I think that uh, some of it was altered by the uh, publisher. Yeah, they do that. Uh, they do that. There are some things they didn't like and some things they did. So it's kind of missing a few spots. But I think my basic premise was that sort of what you just said, a lot of people are drawn into it because of their own needs. It's 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 from within. It's from their, their meaning. They want to belong and they want to have some sort of meaning or purpose to their life. And, and um, they, they kind of they get drawn into whatever aspect. Right. in these different groups. And, See, it was just the yeah. uh, my own personal spiritual whatever. With me, it was exactly yeah. the opposite. I didn't like anything. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't like anything. You know, so why, I figure that my personal investigation, which is something that the faith relied upon, was that whether I liked it or not, it was valid. And God, or the Great Spirit, or whatever you want to call the Cosmic Muffin, didn't have oh. to consult the legendary Burl Bear. Right, the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> before it did anything. And so whether I liked it or not, I thought this was valid. And therefore, I will make a, an effort over time, gradually, bit by bit, to bring myself in some sort of semblance <laughs> of resonance with it. But it's not that it was fulfilling my need, fulfilling needs. It was more like it's interfering in my life. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to change some of my behavior, some of my thought patterns here, but for the better. Something that I've noticed over the last uh, 30 years <clears throat> is that uh, people of that of that period's younger generation <clears throat> had moved toward orthodoxy, uh, orthodox Judaism. That's tragic. Well, it, uh, there's a, a thriving community of young people, you know, in uh, you know Los Angeles, Hollywood, um, that um, are, li are are and live Orthodox. 
The women, I, have, I have a the bumper women, sticker oh, for them. The women openly accept the role as a housekeeper and family raiser. Well, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. But that's what. They, but they do, and they they you know. And at this point in time, there is no hiding the male chauvinistic aspect of the of the lifestyle. Um, but they uh, they they go in it with their eyes open, and I found that fascinating. Well, it's also, I said, I came up with a bumper sticker for them, which maybe you have to be Jewish to get, which says, Eat kosher, live treif. Uh-huh. Treif is the opposite of kosher. Yes, that, that would be the Jewish dilemma ham on sale. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that uh, there's something going on in the world, and especially in the States, that um, is is drawing people to security to need that much security that they jump into religions or cults, and uh, that, you know I, I I think it's just one of those times that um, yeah you call the quest for I, certitude you know, yeah well, because I mean too much critical thinking can give you a headache if you really have to stop and think about everything, and if you dwell on the unpleasant things of life you really get bummed out. You know, they, right. uh, the Moxer <clears throat> dictates uh, uh, the procedures for a Jewish life and uh, what prayers you say when and wh which way you face. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and there's no, um, there's no dissent. It's written, you follow it. It's in the book. It's in the book. Um, I remember a lifetime ago with uh, all the cousins, and the one that had turned Orthodox was with us. And he, he, we all wake up in the morning. He wanders downstairs, put the tefillin on. That's the wrappings on each arm. Uh, and he's going to do his morning prayers. But you have to face east. And I looked at my cousins, and I said, watch this. I let him get almost finished, and I said, hey, uh, to the host, which way is east? And, of course, he has to point the wrong way. <laughs> Forcing the cousins to, be rude. to stop, turn around, face the other direction. Because there's no, there's no flexibility. Therein lies the problem. So, uh, that, let me ask. Uh, I just wanted a, a quick thought. Uh, do you think Hitler and Nazism was a cult? In a sense, again, I think I compare it to politics of now. I think the extremism and the people that are tribal like that, it was happening then. When things happen in the world to scare people enough, they become religious. Well, but, you know, um, right. He it's, started it's out doing thing. good. He started well, out yeah, turning true, true. a country that was, you know, you required a wheelbarrow of cash to buy a loaf of bread. And he started to turn right. the country and the economy around, uh, even though it well, was... And well, any type of, of socialism, communism will help people out in that sense. That's why there's a draw for it. That's why there's a need for it. Um, and and uh, he filled that need. He took care of... Um, their their immediate problems, um, but again, um, people jump into nationalism as a religion. It becomes a uh, hundred percent or nothing. Right. And, That's um, like that Chris Rock movie where the guy says, "God bless America and no place else." You know, or or our <laughs> fine feathered friend riding the nuclear weapon, you know, in Gippie Kaye down to yeah. explosion. Yeah, Slim Pickens. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. One of the so other things that I notice is that just like um, uh, the Nazis, there's always a group of individuals that are looking for just the smallest amount of tacit uh, authorization to go nuts. 
<laughs> they, they, they need a reference point that says, this allows me to do what I'm going to do next. And so that's, uh, you have this whole, uh, you know, this whole infamous group of individuals that took the authority of Hitler and went ahead and did the most unspeakable things. Uh, and it's no different to these smaller cults where somebody is being given, you know, go ahead and uh, go murder these people or go put, bomb, you know, gas in a in yeah, the they, But these, they don't tell them exactly how to do it. That's how the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center was able to close down that nutcase down here in California. was telling everybody to move to uh, Hayden Lake, Idaho. And uh, some of those people went and beat this poor fellow in uh, Portland to death. And... Uh, they couldn't do anything criminal-wise about it, but they got a civil suit against them and won millions and millions of dollars yeah. and closed them down. Uh, because, it, uh, you know, someone really should do something about, uh, you know, these people, these mud people. Well, we just, yeah. had, we just had the FBI uh, in a national sting arrested uh, a number of, uh, of a major neo-Nazi group that had been involved in violence against minorities. That was this week. Really? I missed that. They didn't get me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, Burrow, Burrow, you, you commit atrocities to our audience. Yes, that's true. We haven't killed yeah. anybody. We've just destroyed a few careers. <laughs> it's, they're audible atrocities, right? <laughs> yeah, um, people who download the show can attest to that. Yeah, their ears burn. Have you been watching that, Hunters? Uh, watched the first episode. <laughs> that was really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Strange, strange series, but I, you know, it um, has a strange, strange ending too. Um, I didn't see the ending because I went in the other room to watch porn. So I <laughs> well, that's much more fun. And the endings are much happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are happy endings. Yes. Yeah. That's not so much on a lot of these shows that we watch. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunate, um, you know. I used to like watching Scandal because he had the President of the United States who didn't do anything <laughs> except, you know, stoop uh, Kerry Washington. <laughs> that was it. What an easy gig. Yeah. Well. Kind of like Ben Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's go back to your table of contents here. Oh, there's my glasses oh. on the floor. Oh, okay. Well, while Burrell's getting his glasses, um, what, what oh, happened that's... in the 1600s in, a, in what is now America and New York? You mean New Amsterdam? Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, you know. is this 20 questions? Yeah, Al no, Albany it... and Buffalo. Oh, you mean oh about the burning district, about how, yeah, it has yeah. a reputation and a lot of people... That were trying to get away from mainstream that had their own sort of cult religion felt safe going there. It seemed to be a, a drawing area. But again, you know, the birth of most of those Seventh-day Adventists and things like that, they're all uh, doomsday sort of groups. They all believe the end is coming. Uh, that Most of these, a lot of these uh, cults came out of break-offs break of the Adventists, and they sort of had that. Yeah, they're all um, spun off of the Millerites. Yeah, you know, they, they think it's over. They, you know, wherever they're living, and and not only do they have to prepare, but they also end up having to do something about it. And um, you know, it's kind of crazy. 
it, it's crazy stuff and i and uh like i said and most of them like even when i talk to old you know if you see the branch davidians and and you talk to david thibodeau and some of those people they, they they're they're waiting for david koresh to come back well and they're just, gotta, everyone has they're to have a hobby middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What's your hobby? Waiting for David Koresh. Yeah, I'm sitting here waiting for David to come back, and uh, he's going to be a little bit skinnier, but yeah, That's, uh, bonier. Yeah. Uh, you you have this part three in your book, cult method methodology and how to escape. Yeah. Uh, they all kind of have a similar thing. A friend of mine went to uh, uh, introductory presentation uh, from Reverend Sung Young Moon's Unification Church. And he had kind of like this slideshow or whatever. And uh, this other friend of mine went with him, and this other friend of mine speaks like seven languages, is brilliant and very well educated. And he was keeping track of all the scientific and historical errors that were in the presentation, which had to be intentional. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't put together a presentation where you're linking up things that weren't true. <laughs> but we got to the end, and, and like people, he's raising his hand, going, "Excuse me, you know the War of eighteen twelve wasn't fought in fifteen fourteen uh, you know, uh, <laughs> They go, "No, save all your questions for the getaway weekend, which isn't to Las Vegas, but to somewhere where we don't feed you." <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you couldn't ask any questions or point out the fact that the historical information was wrong or the scientific information was wrong. And you well, go away for yeah, the, you know you go away and you, you don't come back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know my my part three the cult methodology was just really it's it, there's there's you know in a way there's nothing new in there it's it's really stuff um, it rehashes a lot of the uh, things that are kind of considered um, a standard you know Robert Rand and all those you know escaping a group and what uh, and the recruitment ideas and and um, brainwashing and, and some of the uh, basic techniques. It's kind of a, it's a, it's just a reference for people um, that aren't part of any of that and don't see it coming. So hopefully it just gives them a little insight to that. What I liked was the children of God. Is that what it was where the, the women were encouraged to have sex with people to get them into the uh, movement? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You want you have to make love. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> yeah, screw them into the faith. <laughs> yeah, so they actually had uh, prostitutes. Yeah, but the thing is, instead I, of them being able to make a living, they were being manipulated to bring people into this religion, or you know, what do you want to call it? Yeah, they didn't get the good lifestyle from it. They no. were. They were. It's more about getting members. Yeah, they got plenty of members <laughs> in a variety of orifices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, um, they got, they're got they going to have a lot of sex in heaven, so they got to get practiced now. That's right. right? So what's the, human, you know, and, what's the Human Freedom Center? For 25 points, what's the Human Freedom Center? Oh, I'm asleep. <laughs> oh, you're asleep. That was... Um, they, escaped, that? They, they escaped and set up this Human Freedom Center. Never heard of it. So they could uh, oh, help mean, others with the uh, with cults. Oh, I mean, uh, well, there's yeah, there's quite a few of them. And are you talking the the one was uh, from um, um oh geez um, Family uh, International that was Children of God. 
Yeah, and then that, um... Yeah, they were very vocal against the group. Set up this, uh, 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 place for people to come and, uh, get help getting out. And they were potentially assassinated. Assassinated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that was... Jeez, and I was just talking about that, too. And, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, but I know what you're talking about. So they set up a thing to help people get out of one of these cults, and as a reward, they were murdered? Yes. Well, yeah. that's, that what, doesn't what, sound right. <laughs> no, it's it's true. But the Solar Temple, I think they had one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but there was there was never any proof when they were killed in their house. Nobody nobody ever got convicted for it. Right, but and, and we don't know if it was the leader of the cult that ordered it or followers that just took that yeah. rogue rogue followers and acted on their own. Yeah, we have no we have no, no proof of any of that. Nothing was ever resolved in that, so we we don't know the answer to that. But you know, more than likely, it was something to do with the opposition, right? Um, right. But but legally, we can't say that. Now, see, interesting things when uh, the Nazis uh, took over uh, in lovely Germany, uh, they were tied in pretty close with the church, which was. Doesn't really help the church's reputation too well, but no. they were tied in pretty well with the church, and uh, uh, the Baha'i faith uh, there. The uh, uh, the government said you can't uh, become members of the Baha'i faith in Germany. You can't be a member of the Baha'i faith in Germany. So what the Baha'i faith did is said, "Fine, there is no Baha'i faith in Germany." <laughs> and there was no Baha'i administration in Germany, no membership. It all just stopped. Well, so now all you have is what people believe, <laughs> right? There was no structure, no no nothing. So there's nothing to join. That just really <laughs> pissed them off even worse, I think. So they wound up uh, sending the Baha'is to the concentration camps, too. But uh, well, there was nothing to, nothing to join, so that took care of that problem. No, you can't join that. Okay, well, there's nothing to join. One way of dealing. Do they have to join your radio show? Is that it too? Do you make them? Yeah, and they have to tie the twenty-five percent of money they haven't made yet. <laughs> okay. And they have to download Spotify the app. <laughs> okay, and uh, can I, can we have any of them donate a chicken breast to you? Yes, uh, you do every week, and a bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's wow. a pretty good deal, isn't it? A Dan Tapansky yeah. doesn't have a sycophant doing that to him. <laughs> well, you don't know that. Yeah, he could have, you know. He's well, got a wife now. Maybe she's bringing him chicken breast. Yeah, does, that's different. She, she doesn't don't. drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, she's already married. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't drink they Mountain Dew? serve awful coffee. No. No. He's a, he's a great Bless guy. Uh, <laughs> and his book's really good, too. <laughs> you read his book? Zapansky's book? Long, long time ago. Long, long time that's ago. That's one of the creepiest damn stories in the history of true crime. The yeah. show, the trophy kill, the show yeah. we dance murders. That's it, yeah. That's right, yeah. That was the dance. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. is a bullfight for a bunch of BS coming after us. <laughs> I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you in a week with your next book. Yeah. <laughs> the book <laughs> is called Doomsday Cults, The Devil's Hostages. 
<laughs> the Devil's Frittatas <laughs> by Alan Warren. Try visiting with you. Always a pleasure, yeah. Alan. Okay, ask me a question, Mark. Okay, Burrow. What's next? Magic Man Ellen and the Demons of Decadence, live from the Light of Blouse on Outlaw Radio, live.com.